Thanks for joining us once again on the Women in Security podcast. For those of you who are not familiar, my name is Lee Van Tan, and I'm a security recruiter with Morgan McKinley. And in each episode, I bring on board a different female speaker who works in the industry, and we explore different topics um, that could be work-related, that could be an advice about life, and we would also touch on the different areas, different functions within information security. So hopefully through each episode, you take away something new and I hope you find it useful. And if you would like to receive regular updates on the podcast, you can find us on Twitter, on LinkedIn, as well as any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast. Um, For regular updates, make sure to subscribe and I will talk to you the next time. Bye. Welcome back to the Women in Security podcast. Um, today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Samana Heather from Forcepoint. Samana, welcome. Thank you, Livan. As I usually do with every other episode, can you give us a little bit of background into who you are and how you got to your current role? Perfect, sure. So my name is Samana, and I'm currently working with Forcepoint. I have been with the company for almost eight years. I started as a security researcher myself, uh, mainly working in the X labs, researching threats and malware and writing detection. Um, but recently, like not very recent, but four years ago, I saw an opportunity to move towards leadership and I'd grabbed it. So I am managing a team of security researchers at the moment. Before that, I was working with AIB and, uh, My career actually started with Hewlett Packard um, because I'm from Pakistan and I came to Ireland approximately 16 years ago. So that was my first workplace with Hewlett Packard. And what were you doing when you were in Pakistan? Yeah. So back home, I have a master's in computer science. So when I finished my master's degree, I was hired by the same university that I graduated from. And they offered me a lecturer position. So I was teaching there primarily to the bachelor's and master's students, teaching IT subjects. So IT was always in your blood? It was, yes. (laughs) Is that common in terms of education over there, that a lot of people, especially ladies, would also pursue IT, a career in IT or education in IT? Yes, it is. It is quite common there. It is a preferred choice. We are exposed to IT at the primary school level and then we have that as an option in our colleges as well. When I was in bachelor's, I did my bachelor's actually in mathematics and statistics. And after that, I chose for computer science. I had to do a postgraduate diploma because I had no background whatsoever. Um, It was primarily mathematics. So I did a postgraduate diploma, covered the basic IT concepts and then did my master's which Mm -hmm. was more intense and that's quite interesting so we're going to touch on a lot of these topics later on but just on the topic of you know gender equality then if in pakistan the it subject was always a very popular choice with girls would that mean that in the workforce if we saw or even let's say when you were lecturing Mm -hmm. was it almost equal amount of Male students and female students in class? No, I'd say the this inequality has been there for a long time. Now, mm-hmm. we're talking about um, more than 16 years ago, mm-hmm. and it was the same as is now. I had more male students than female students. I was teaching um bachelor's program, which was a mix of IT and management. 
that I had a mix. Okay. So there were same number of girls and same number of boys, but for the masters where it was uh, where the specialization was uh, computer science, maybe networking and you know programming, I would see more males. So how long were you teaching when you were in Pakistan? So I was teaching there for two years. Okay, and then you moved here sixteen years ago. Yes. Were you looking to move into the industry, or were you hoping to continue in the education sector then? I actually was planning to stay in education sector. Coming here, being new to Ireland, being a new mother, I thought probably I'll just you know focus on the primary level education sector and that's where i initially started looking for work with my experience i just went started by going to my local school but i was told that for primary level education there is a requirement to have irish language at least for qualified at leaving cert level or an equivalent irish language diploma so obviously that was one path for me mm-hmm. the other was to just get into industry which was easier because at that time there was a need for it skill set here in ireland so i decided to go the other way if you look back in time would you have wished that you continue in education or were you glad that because of i guess the irish um, language requirement it kind of made you move into the industry to be honest i can't say yes or no because I enjoyed education sector a lot. Teaching was my passion, but since I've started working in the industry, that's equally interesting to me. I have progressed. I've learned a lot over the last few years. So I would say that um, I'm happy this way as well. So no regrets. Yeah. But yes, it did. It did challenge me in the beginning where I thought that this is something that I'm good at and I should continue doing that, but um again you learn through challenges what was the difference coming into industry with a background in education and i mean lecturing students on the topic versus going into the industry and actually applying what you were lecturing was there did, did you feel that because you already had a really solid foundation the transition was actually quite easy The transition was not too bad and I would say that it was because there was a, a high demand of IT skills at that time. I joined my husband on his spouse visa so I didn't need a work permit but they at that time the companies would actually pay for the work permits to get the right talent into Ireland. So I was lucky I'd say at that time I had no issues whatsoever. I thought that I probably would have issues because I have no industry experience of Ireland. but it was not the case i was um, hired after a few interviews primarily based upon the technical skill set and the interviews interesting that you mentioned about interview right so after a few interviews you were hired based on technical skill sets there currently you're managing a team and yeah. you're doing interviews as well you're hiring people what do you look for when you're recruiting and have you seen a shift just in terms of how recruitment is sure so my experience with hiring has been um, interesting it all depends upon the role obviously that you're hiring for for our industry you know for yourself there's a shortage of skill sets so i have been facing a lot of challenges in finding the right candidates 
I would not look just within Dublin. I would try to find talents within Ireland. The key skills that I look for, obviously, first of all, technically strong. But after that, some other things like leadership skills, accountability, if they are innovative, how well they will fit within the team and things like that. For me, it is equally important for a person. So like a technical person, but if it's not a good communicator, let's say, or wouldn't gel in well within the team, would be an issue in the future mm-hmm. so i think i would give importance 50% to technical abilities and the other 50% to their leadership skills security research it's a very niche area in an already niche field and it's also a combination of security intelligence absolutely can you share with us a little bit more about what security research is all about because to me it sounds very sexy it is a buzzword yes which is being used a lot (laughs) okay so to define uh, security research in simple terms it's basically that we are going after the bad guys so we have to make sure that the customers are protected from all the latest threats the threats can be of all different types they can be simple threats like phishing attacks or they can be malicious attacks it can be anything so if let's say if there's a new ransomware attack or if there's a new cv that has been discovered a new vulnerability in one of the products everything would be um, worth investigating so that's primarily what we do so we would use our own information our own traffic that we have and uh, we would use open source intelligence and that is what I think is really important for us as cybersecurity specialists. I think it is really important that we share information. And a lot of people are actually doing that through Twitter, through blogs. You know, there is a lot of awareness, lots of sharing in security intelligence sharing, which is useful, which is helping us, the good guys, to keep bad guys behind us rather than them being ahead of us. Do you need a specific kind of background to get into security research? I don't think so. But yes, technical background definitely helps. Obviously, um, understanding of uh, scripting, coding would certainly help. It depends really upon your role. Like, for example, there are different areas in the research. Mostly the work that we would be doing would be reverse engineering. Sometimes the malware looking through different stages of a thread. Or it can be as simple as just looking at a website and seeing if it is malicious or not. So it can be as simple as just having the scripting skills but at the same time if let's say you have to do deep dive or a proper research you would need to be skilled but there are a lot of tools available in the market as well Mm -hmm. which the researchers have been using there you don't necessarily need to reverse engineer there are a lot of other ways for example static analysis there are a lot of things that you can look out for and decide if something is good or something is bad i know there are two types of analysis static and dynamic analysis but for listeners who are not familiar can you just give us a very layman definition yeah (laughs) yeah sure so static analysis is doing keyword search let's say looking for a particular
particular terms within a piece of malicious code you would try to see okay let's say this is a bad behavior that this file is trying to do let's say it is invoking some functions that it shouldn't be invoking or it is trying to access system level privileges things like that just by looking through the code and you know trying to pick out by keywords dynamic analysis would be literally running the malware in your virtual environment and trying to see what it actually does detonating the malware in other terms if we look at security research versus let's say security operations mm-hmm. if i were a candidate today and i didn't really know which one to choose what would you say are the two main differences security operations i would say is more kind of firefighting where you would have to resolve a particular incident or a situation right whereas in research there is no such pressure on you you would actually be looking at doing proper analysis on a particular malware trying to dissect it taking your time to see what it is doing trying to identify the behaviors the iocs out of it so that is how i would differentiate it but i know it has been very different the way that we would see on the job specs mm-hmm. and the way companies define it if we talk about job specs what are some of the things that you try to relay when you are formatting a job description what would you hope to convey to anyone who's reading that i would just go by what we do on a daily basis and literally trying to find what particular skills are required or let's say if they need scripting knowledge or if we're using particular tools i would mention those any systems or any technologies that we think would be useful for the candidate we would try to identify those based upon the roles and responsibilities that they would be having and i understand that you have quite a sizable team yeah do you have any other females working on the team unfortunately not <laughs> and why why would that be to be honest it's just that we are unable to find the right talent it also is due to the nature of the work that we do it's not something that people can uh, just learn by doing a course or something it's a very very niche kind of skill set the most of the interviews that i've conducted people uh, would come from education sector phd's where what we see is that a phd candidate would be great have all the theoretical knowledge but practically actually doing the work would be hard for them and it's not us that we would say that you know the candidate might not be good enough but they would withdraw mm-hmm. because they understand that what we do is is very very hands on and they need to have a particular level of knowledge or information to do their job over the last 4 years that you've been managing a team because there's also been a lot more noise about gender equality trying to attract more females onto the team have you at least seen more female applicants not really i haven't no but what i have been trying to do is when i go to conferences i would often speak to people about the roles to open uh, positions that we have with labs and with force point and see if there is an interest there it's just that we don't see the candidates coming forward mm. not a lot of them yeah. i would mostly get male candidate resumes mm-hmm. because it's also a very technical area like it i said is. it's not really one of those roles where you can pick up on the job necessarily yeah, yeah. so it you does to have some background some knowledge in mm-hmm. order to do the job so yeah that might be one of the reasons again if i were a candidate today who's just starting out their career or in the very early phases of working in it if i wanted to position myself towards security research in the future 
Yeah. What should I be focusing my career on in the next three to five years? Okay, it depends really, because as I said, security research is huge. It's diverse as well. It depends what their area of focus is. There are different areas that they can take. So, for example, we've spoken about static analysis, uh, dynamic analysis. They could look at malware analysis as one of the areas and they could work towards that. There are different courses, different books that they could use, a lot of online resources available for beginners, uh, a lot of tutorials as well. So it really depends. I would say malware research is one area where they could work on. And I know you're very passionate about education. And it's not just because you have a background in the education sector. And this is a conversation that is happening a lot in Ireland at the moment, where people are talking about the importance of integrating technology into curriculum. Share with us a little bit more about your thoughts on this. Absolutely. I strongly feel that the reason that we are seeing the gap in skill set is primarily because children, and I'm talking of both the genders, they're not exposed to IT or computer science earlier in their lives. So primary school level, we don't have subjects specially dedicated towards computer science or information technology. Similarly, from my own personal experience, when I wanted to choose subjects from my daughter's secondary school, I was surprised that there were no options for me to pick out, let's say, computer science. There are options to do part-time courses or things like that, but there was not an option to take one of the optional or mandatory subject as computer science. So I think that explains why children would worry and have the fear if they should even take that as their career choice. From a personal experience, a friend's daughter, uh, she was very confused. She wanted to do her master's in IT security, but she wasn't sure if it is the field for her. So I sat down with her. I spoke to her. I heard her fears and concerns because she said, I don't know what it, it might be like. I have no idea, no clue. Absolutely. So I just told her that it's just like any other subject. You know, there will be things which are easy. There will be hard times for you. So just be dedicated. It's a learning experience for you. I think a different learning subject. So I think we need to just look at exposing children to more computers science and IT related subjects earlier so that they don't have this fear and they're confident enough to decide that yes this is my area where I would like to grow in the future. And if we bring it back to the curriculum in Pakistan, does this topic of computer science begin from primary school level? So uh, in the primary school level, yes, there are some classes, but at the secondary school level or in the colleges, you do get the option to choose IT as a subject. So you can choose to even do bachelor's in IT and even in your inter, in your, I would equate it to maybe leaving cert exam, you could choose that as a subject. What was it about the time when you were in school, when you were exposed to this subject that made you think, this is the career for me? For me, it was late actually after I did my bachelor's and it was just that IT was in, is very popular at that time. There mm. were very few people who were doing IT courses or IT degrees. In my class, only one or two people decided to go for information technology masters or bachelors but the others went for the typical choices of medicines engineering business ad administration and stuff like that because there was a sense of security because exactly. people knew what those careers look like whereas, yeah yeah i or guess they were more comfortable although they knew that it is the future but still mm. probably there was a fair you said earlier that 
your friend's daughter was thinking of a career in IT, but she had her fears. Yes. And did it just come down to the fact that she was never exposed to it previously? Yes. Yes, she was concerned because she did not know what she's signing up for. what is exactly going to be included what would she require she has no background whatsoever so if she can actually do it or not so i reassured her she actually went for that and i'm glad that she's not regretting it she she does have her highs and lows but mm-hmm. it is very typical of any other subject if Absolutely. she would have picked up but i just spoke to her a few days ago and she's happy that's great yeah. and I know you're also involved with educating the younger children in school and this is a partnership with ISC Square. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I've done my CISSP which is uh, offered by ISC Square and they have an initiative of Safe and Secure Online where they try to educate children at primary level. The focus of that program is to ensure that they are safe and secure when they're online. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I'm part of. All the material is provided by ISC Square. So I volunteer my time. I would go to the local schools. I would reach out to them first, obviously get the if they are interested in that. I've seen that usually schools are very interested in it. So I would then go to the school, present. It's a two-hour long presentation, and uh, it basically touched the topics of. basic password um, security and what they should be sharing online what they shouldn't be what is personal information particularly social media posting mm-hmm. which is an issue these days because based upon a research an average age of a child who has a smartphone is 10 years which is very young yeah. so you never know what they're doing online so it's important that they are aware they're they're educated they're given the information so that they don't misuse it approximately 40% of the children have actually at primary level have met a stranger or shared information with a stranger online so that mm-hmm. is alarming we give them the information on cyberbullying how to identify if they're being cyberbullied and what channels to use how to report it other than that we give them online etiquettes and particularly what they should not be sharing on social media and it's a very interactive program there are some videos which show you for example if you share this personal information online on social media what could happen so it, it encourages them to participate in the discussions and some concepts of geotagging and things like that is also part of that course so i've got positive feedback of that course and that is something that i do other than work one thing that i was slightly surprised by what you said there is the fact that instead of schools reaching out to ask if someone would come in and mm-hmm. do this kind of curriculum you're actually volunteering your time and at the same time having to reach out to to schools for that which you know in in previous episodes i've also kind of talked about education in mm. school this is something that i think at the uh, national level at the moment with the likes of cyber ireland they're hoping to change that narrative yeah but with every person who's listening if you're a parent you really should be having this conversation with you know the schools that your children are going to and engaging in that absolutely um, and how how can they approach that topic let's say if i'm a parent and i may not necessarily be working in it security i don't really know too much how am i going to approach the school and ask them about what they're doing i'd say uh, just generally reaching out to the school is 
is good enough and then i know that there are some other initiatives as well that are being taken by different organizations but it also depends upon um, the school's knowledge of these initiatives mm-hmm. if they know that this that this is an option then they would avail it mm-hmm. for example when i reached out to the to, to the local school they have not heard of isc square they have not heard of the program but they were very positive about it mm-hmm. and they've asked me to come back again but they did, did at least know about the importance of security exactly yes okay. i think the schools do realize the mm-hmm. importance of this um it's just the matter of trying to make this information available yeah. that they do have these options or you know that okay. they can use i'll put a link down below we can this is publicly available information anyway so i'll put a link down below in the description so people can access that and how about the conversation with your kids because they're at that age where they're going to school they have friends and how are you discussing this topic with them it is very important and that is what i would suggest to have open discussion about these things and the, this is what exactly we do through these um sessions that we hold at schools we talk to them about all the possible things that they can do online for example gaming mm. there is a lot wrong done even by playing games online people can actually you know share information that they shouldn't be sharing so things like these are covered the children are given the uh, the tips on what they should be sharing how to do safe gaming online and things like that but i think it should be an open conversation with the children mm-hmm. and have you ever let's say your own kids they're in school have you ever heard any stories from them where i do hear stories yes about um incidents of cyberbullying and mm. you know some reported incidents mm-hmm. where um children would say stuff to each other online and you know mm. things which are not taken positively by the other children so i am seeing this as a, an issue and i and the schools are also realizing that they need to do something about it but uh, i think that's what we as security professionals should be working towards the reason i I'm involved in these is primarily because of the code of ethics that we have to abide by when you do this certification one of them is actually to give back to the community so I think it is all of us collective responsibility to get involved and you know try to do whatever we can in our own capacity and would you like your kids to get into IT security are they interested in this field it's it's funny my son is interested but my daughter no she's not interested she would want to become a doctor okay but again it's her choice mm-hmm. but yes it's a um, different way of giving back to community yeah exactly true yeah so we've spoken a lot about advice for children giving back um and you know all those tying in with your education background let's talk a little bit about the advice that's relevant to your current role especially from a security research perspective you know what is and advice that you find yourself giving to organizations yeah sure so what i would suggest is and that's like also proven through research like um 100% of the cios believe that uh, the next breach could occur through a successful phishing attack right and we all know that it's so easy for the attackers to convince an employee 
into mm-hmm. clicking a link or something like that and exposing the sensitive information and you know conducting the attack so what i would suggest is that we need to steer away from the traditional cybersecurity approach where the focus was a lot on securing your perimeter right or layering up a lot of security products they should focus more on obviously user training because people are our assets but at the same time our risks as well so more security awareness trainings would help and certainly trying to look for the uh, vendors or security organizations providers who are using different approaches for example forcepoint uses a behavior centric approach so they focus on the two constants the data and the people because they are are important assets so how people interact with the data so depending upon that they would define risks and then provide risk adaptive protection which means for example if a person is doing his job what is a normal job that he would do if let's say someone is compromised or uh, um had a phishing attack where he exposed his credentials then he might start doing stuff that he's not supposed to do maybe accessing critical sensitive data and sharing it outside the organization things like that so using behavioral analytics um it is easier to provide protection based upon the risk associated with the individuals so literally just looking at uh, things like these and going for these options just rather than layering up different security products because it can only make their life complicated So very simple but useful tips over there. I want to thank you for sitting down with us today. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and some of the advice over here for organizations and for parents. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.